welcome to Becoming a Good Therapist, a podcast all about helping you build your confidence as a mental health professional, creating better outcomes for your clients, and really loving the important and life-changing work that you do. I'm Courtney Schroeder. I'm a limited licensed social worker, and I'm here to learn and grow right along with you as I share the lessons, tools, conversations, and steps that I'm taking that are helping me become a good therapist. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking all about the autonomic nervous system and polyvagal theory. And this is going to help us understand more about our stress response, which is sometimes referred to as the fight, flight, or freeze response, um, how this response influences mental health, and also how we can help our clients have a bit more control over how they feel. So if you're interested in having a more mind-body approach in your work, this is a great thing to learn about. And if you want to work with trauma as well, this can be really helpful too, because trauma is all about our really primal self-protective instincts. Um, And so today's episode is going to discuss some basic information about the autonomic nervous system to give us a strong foundation. And then in the next episode, we're going to be talking all about nervous system regulation or how we can help the body calm down and feel safe. And I'll be sharing some exercises and tips you can use or you can share with your clients to help them build their own personal toolbox of resources they can go to when they're feeling emotions that have perhaps overwhelmed them in the past. And so just as a note, um, the nervous system has several different branches, with the autonomic nervous system being just one, and that's the one we're going to be talking about today. But to keep things simple, for the most part, I'm just going to be saying nervous system. So just keep that in mind, that when I'm saying nervous system, I'm really referring to the autonomic nervous system. So if you have done any research on the nervous system, you've probably come across what's called the polyvagal theory. And this is a framework developed by Dr. Stephen Porges that helps us understand the role the autonomic nervous system plays in shaping our everyday experiences by helping us stay connected to others and restoring safety when there's danger. So social connection and safety and survival are big themes in polyvagal theory. And I recently completed a training related to this topic, Deb Dana's Polyvagal Foundations course. It's a six-month training that goes in depth into how the nervous system works and how we can apply that knowledge to therapy. And if you're looking to learn more about this, her book, Polyvagal Theory in Therapy, is a great resource, and that was my first real introduction into this topic. So today I want to go over six key points that were really helpful for me as I developed my understanding of the nervous system. And I'd like to share them with you, hoping it will also give you a solid foundation in the basics. And like I said, in the next episode, we'll take this information and discuss how to help our clients regulate their nervous systems, um, what techniques might be helpful, and so on. So the first key here that I'd like to talk about is that there are essentially three main states of our nervous system or responses that our nervous system has to the environment. And to make things simple, we'll call them the safe and social state, fight or flight, and shutdown. And we're in one of these or sometimes a combination of these at any given time. So let's break down the signs for a moment. 
So within the autonomic nervous system, we have two branches. So there's the sympathetic nervous system and then the parasympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is responsible for the fight or flight response. It's kind of ironic because when I first learned about this, I thought, oh, sympathetic kind of sounds, to me, it sounds calming or like you're kind of winding down, maybe rest and digest. It's actually the opposite. This is a very um, energizing kind of response is when we're in the fight or flight state. So fight or flight is when we feel driven to address a threat by acting. So somehow fighting or confronting a threat or by fleeing or avoiding it. When we're in fight or flight, we feel energized and driven to take action. And we might have that sense of, I need to do something about this immediately or else. So our nervous system responses all are kind of on a continuum where they can be subtle or they can be really intense. So fight or flight um, on the more subtle side might feel like maybe being a bit concerned, maybe a bit irritable, maybe a bit scattered or worried. Um, let's say you forgot to pay a bill and then you see the bill sitting out and you are like, oh my gosh, I need to pay this right now. And then that kind of takes over your focus and you don't do anything until you take care of that. That's kind of a more subtle or depending on your reaction, maybe a more um, moderate form of fight or flight. And maybe on the more extreme end, it might look like feeling completely alarmed or flooded with rage or panic. So that's the fight or flight response, which is activated through the sympathetic nervous system. Then we have the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, So this is the other branch of the autonomic nervous system. And a major part of the parasympathetic nervous system is the vagus nerve. So this is where we're starting to get the term polyvagal. So poly means many. um, Vagal is referring to the vagus nerve. And so within the vagus nerve, we have two more pathways. So we have the ventral vagus nerve and the dorsal vagus nerve. So for our three nervous system states, right, we have safe and social, fight or flight, shut down. One of them comes from the sympathetic nervous system, that's fight or flight. And then the other two come from the parasympathetic nervous system. So the dorsal vagus is where we get the shutdown response. And then in the ventral vagus, that's where we get the safe and social state. So focusing on the shutdown state, this is our oldest, our most primitive response to danger. According to Deb Dana's book, it evolved around 500 million years ago, whereas the fight or flight response didn't really come online for another 100 million years after that. So today, right, we have options. We can either go into shutdown or fight or flight when we're feeling like we're in danger. And in extreme cases, shutdown is where mammals go when death is imminent. But we can also go into shutdown even when we're not in grave danger. So it's still relevant to our day-to-day life because remember, these responses all happen kind of on a spectrum. So typically we go to this place of shutdown when we've concluded consciously or subconsciously that fighting or trying to escape something as we might in fight or flight because fight or flight is all about action and trying to do something. Um, Shutdown is all about deciding on some level that that's not possible. So let's say you get in an argument with your partner and it feels like nothing you say makes a difference. They aren't really hearing you. They continue to be angry and you feel like 
no matter what you say, nothing is resolving the situation. So in this case, you might go into shutdown and shutdown um, internally and externally looks like things are really slowing down. So you might be physically very still. You might put your head down. Um, inside, you might feel kind of like your mind is going blank. You might feel um, just really heavy inside, like you kind of want to curl up and you might kind of have a hopeless feeling or a feeling of being stuck. Um, these all could be representations of going into a shutdown state that, of course, is not a life or death situation, but it can still show up in our day-to-day lives. So that's the shutdown state. And then we also have in the parasympathetic nervous system, the safe and social state. And this is the state we go in when we have a felt sense that we are safe. So looking at the autonomic nervous system as a whole, two of the three main responses are for responding to danger. And one is a response to safety. And being in this safe and social state doesn't necessarily mean that we're in a social situation or actively connecting with other people, but more so that we're calm, content, compassionate, able to manage the day, having good boundaries, that we may be open to connection in some form as well. So even enjoying a book on the couch and being perfectly content with being alone is still being in what we would consider that safe and social state. So this might also take the form of feeling connected to yourself, feeling very content with yourself, um, maybe feeling very connected with nature or the world at large. Um, there's some sense of belonging and security there. So the ventral vagus is the nervous system pathway responsible for the safe and social state. And this is essentially what Deb Dana calls our autonomic home. So it's where we have a biological drive to return to. And this is where we want to be most of the time to ensure balance and health. Not returning to this state often enough can result in mental health and physical health issues too. Of course, we don't want to be in this state all of the time because there's a good reason that we have a number of different nervous system states. So it's not bad to not be in this state necessarily, but when we're thinking long term, if we're not returning to this state often enough, that can be a sign of a really stressed nervous system and we want to do something to address that. But for now, the key takeaway from this first point in understanding polyvagal theory is that within our autonomic nervous system, we have three states, safe and social, fight or flight, and shutdown. And at any given time, we're in one of these states or perhaps a combination of these states. And it's always relevant to our life because our nervous system is always responding to our environment by going to one of these places. The second key point is that there is an order to these states. And so to demonstrate this, Deb Dana developed what is called the autonomic ladder. So on this concept of a ladder, at the top we have the safe and social state, below that is fight or flight, and then at the bottom is the shutdown state. And this is a useful image for understanding our autonomic nervous system because for us to go from safe and social down to shutdown, we have to pass through some degree of fight or flight. 
And in some cases, this can be very fast. But going back to what we talked about a few moments ago, fight or flight is kind of our one of two options for responding to danger. And this is the one option that says, okay, I think I can do something about this. And I'm going to try to take action to confront the threat or escape it. Whereas the shutdown state is the other response to danger that says, I've determined I can't get rid of this or get away from this, so I'm going to kind of numb out and shut down. So similarly, going back up the ladder from that place of shutdown, we need to move through some degree of fight or flight. So this is going from a state of there's nothing I can do and shut down to maybe there is something I can do and I'm going to try to do it and feeling that energy come back and come alive in the nervous system. Sometimes we're in a chronic place of shutdown. We might stay there because we're afraid of that return of energy, of fight or flight. We're afraid to feel that fear or that anger again, but we need to pass through that to get back up to feeling safe and being ready to connect again. So throughout our day, we'll go up and down this ladder. It's not just that we permanently exist in any of these states. Many of us will experience some degree of all three of these in a day, even though some states are more brief or fleeting than others. And we're all wired to be able to experience any of these if our nervous system deems that as being helpful for our safety and our survival. So you might be in sympathetic fight or flight, trying to get the kids out the door, to school on time and you need to make it to work on time. But once you arrive to work and realize that you are just in time for the meeting, you might shift back into that safe and social state. So the main takeaways here with the second key point is that there's an order to these states, which can be represented by Deb Dana's autonomic ladder. And we move up and down the ladder all of the time. The third point is that we enter our different nervous system states automatically through a process called neuroception. So neuroception is a term coined by Dr. Stephen Porges, and essentially it's a process where the brain scans our environment for either cues of danger or cues of safety, and then the nervous system responds accordingly by shifting our physiological state. And this can be done before we are consciously aware of the cues or why our body responded in a certain way. So this is really, really important. In polyvagal theory, we understand that the shifts in our nervous system happen quickly and automatically, and then our thinking brain catches up with what's going on to make sense of it. So think about it. For survival purposes, our responses need to be quick and automatic to better ensure our safety. If we had to wait to fully understand something to act on a threat, that would waste too much time. So the brain is looking to our environment for cues of safety or danger all of the time. It's a process that's happening in the background constantly, and because it's automatic, it allows us to put our focus on other things. But our brain isn't just scanning our external environment for danger. It's also scanning our internal environment. It's checking out how do we feel in our body? Are we experiencing emotions that feel scary? Are we having thoughts that are kind of scary to us? So the our internal world and our external world all fall under the umbrella of what our nervous system is kind of checking out to make sure that everything is looking okay and looking safe. So over time, we can change the way our autonomic nervous system responds to certain cues. Neuroception takes into account both what's going on in the present moment and our own personal database of information and memories about what's safe and dangerous. So if you were bitten by a dog, dogs may be a cue of danger and you might feel your stomach drop and your heart rate go up if you see a dog. 
And then with enough experiences of being safe with a dog, that personal database will update and eventually you will have a different autonomic response to seeing a dog. This is what exposure therapy is all about, creating new safe experiences to update the information the brain has so that the body responds with less fear. So the key takeaway here is that we enter into our different nervous system states quickly and automatically through neuroception. And I want to add here, this doesn't mean you're powerless to how you feel. This is where nervous system regulation can come into play. But your power lies in how you handle and respond to what comes up because this quick process happening before our conscious awareness is an important part of how our brain and bodies keep us safe. The fourth key point, building on the last one about neuroception, is that our nervous system state comes first and then comes our behavior and our thoughts. So neuroception creates our autonomic state and then our autonomic state shapes our thoughts and behavior. So let's say you're having dinner with your partner and when you start talking, they start losing eye contact and looking around the room, maybe appearing distracted. And if this sends you into dorsal vagal or the shutdown response, you might think, why do I even bother? People aren't interested in what I have to say and this is just proof. I might as well not even try. And you wrap up what you're saying and then you maybe get quiet, um, kind of slump into your chair and you just check out for the rest of the conversation. And let's say instead that they start looking around the room as you're talking and then you go into sympathetic or fight or flight and you think, are you kidding? I just listened to you talk for 15 minutes. I want you to listen to me now. And maybe you passive aggressively turn around in your chair and say, wow, there must be something really interesting over there. Um, Or maybe you start to maybe get a little defensive or irritated Or maybe if you've been in ventral vagal or safe and social and you stay in ventral, you might notice it and have thoughts of maybe someone taking their seat behind you that distracted your partner momentarily. Or perhaps another explanation that doesn't take the change in their behavior personally. And because of feeling generally safe and still connected, you might say, hey, I noticed that you got distracted when I started talking. Did something happen? So you might feel enough degree of safety to directly uh, bring it up with them. And maybe it turns out that they didn't even realize they started getting distracted and maybe they apologized and carried out their conversation with you paying attention more closely. So this is the same stimulus, the same input, but what it was made to mean depended on which nervous system state was activated. And which nervous system state was activated took into account the current situation, but also our own personal history. So Deb Dana says that story follows state. So the story or the meaning we give something comes after the nervous system state and it's shaped by that state. So what we can also gather from this point is that to change our thinking, it can be really effective to work on addressing the nervous system state because if we can do that, the thinking will naturally change as a byproduct. So for example, if you are worrying a lot, one approach might be to take a look at those thoughts and break them down a little bit and see, are they accurate? Are they not? Um, Another approach, maybe informed by neuroception and the nervous system, might ask, what's going on in your nervous system that's putting you in fight or flight in the first place? If we think of worrying and anxiety as kind of that flight part of fight or flight, what's going on underneath that already? What put you in that state and how can we address that and then see if your worrying naturally kind of 
fades or improves as a result of changing that state. So the key point here is that the nervous system state happens first, and from there the behavior and the thoughts follow. The fifth key point is that the nervous system responds to what can be referred to as the stress to survival continuum of danger. This idea relates to what we had touched on earlier, that there are different kind of shades of each nervous system response or different levels of intensity that arise within us. Similarly, there are different degrees of danger that evoke our self-protective states. So getting a seemingly irritated email from your boss or coming across a dangerous animal on a hike can both evoke the fight or flight response, although they are very different in terms of how threatening they are to our physical safety. Our nervous system responds to both mild stressors and life-threatening situations with the same set of responses, just in different degrees. So while danger is on a continuum, paradoxically, danger is also kind of black and white in the nervous system. And what I mean by this is that at any given time, we're either feeling threatened or we're not, essentially. So by thinking about the stress to survival continuum, what is considered dangerous may be something that's a stressor or something that's making us feel like our life is in danger or anywhere in between. If it's something that takes you out of your safe and social state into fight or flight or shutdown, it's safe to say that something has registered as a threat. So the last key point for today is that our nervous system states are always trying to serve us in some way. This might already be clear, but it's a short and sweet point that I'll end on because it's really important. Our nervous system is always on our side and dedicated to keeping us safe. Everything it does is trying to help us in some way. So our brain's primary role in our life above all else is ensuring our survival and our safety. And the autonomic nervous system is always acting in service of that survival and safety. So keep in mind that this is just some of the basics and the nervous system is complex and polyvagal theory can be complex too, depending on how far into it you'd like to go. But I hope this helped you feel a little bit more comfortable with polyvagal theory and the nervous system. And like I said, in the next episode, we'll talk more about nervous system regulation and how to apply this knowledge in your work with your clients. And I'll discuss some specific techniques you can try out as well. So I hope to see you then. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and maybe leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. I plan on reading all of them to help improve the podcast. And hopefully if you find this helpful, then other people can know that they might also find the podcast helpful too. Um, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.